0: This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it, because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. Hello, hello, Houdat Nation, and welcome back to Black and Gold Rush. The start of NFL free agency is coming fast and furious. We're already seeing a lot happen, including some plot twists for our Saints. I was so happy to connect with this week's guest, Sports Overtime podcast host Nader Murphick, on the day he broke the news about the Saints releasing longtime punter and fan favorite. Thomas Morstead. That was sad to see. Of course, Morstead is widely known for the ambush onside kick of Super Bowl 44. Could you not just watch that over and over again? But he admitted to media on Thursday he had a down year in 2020, and as I'll touch on with Nader, Morstead feels like he's not done playing. He is the Saints' all-time leader in punts, punting yards, and yards per punt since he was drafted in 2009, and is second to only Drew Brees in franchise history with 205 games played in a Saints uniform. Like I said, a lot's happening, and more will happen. It looks like Blake Gillikin has the inside track at Saints punter. Morstead said he spent the past year working with him and coaching him up. But if you need any further evidence of the impact the Saints and fans have on each other, that relationship that I don't think you really see among any other fan base in the NFL— Just watch Morstead's Zoom press conference when he teared up talking about that very subject. It's something special, and we certainly wish him the best of luck. So, like me, Nader was also a Saints fan as a child, a bond he now shares with his own four-year-old son. I really enjoyed talking with another fellow podcast host, And he mentioned something his grandfather told him. If you can't appreciate something when it's bad, then you can't be on the bandwagon when it's good. Boy, doesn't that sound like the journey of longtime Saints fans? Now you can catch Nader on the Sports Overtime podcast on Boot Crew Media. And he's also out in the New Orleans community feeding the homeless every week. Talk about using your platform for good. So you'll hear all about how Nader's journey grew. We'll go back to the very beginning. He even has a story about returning Cam Jordan his wallet. And how the power of relationships has helped Nader improve his show. Plus, you'll hear our take on how Russell Wilson in black and gold could make the Saints downright scary. Hey, it doesn't hurt to dream, right? So let's dive in with Nader Murphick. Well, Nader, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? So I was eager to have you on. Your co-host on Sports Overtime, Chris, joined me back in January after the Saints season ended, but I really enjoy what y'all are doing with the show, and clearly I'm not alone in that. So before we we get into your podcasting journey, though, let's go back to the beginning. Tell me, where did your passion for the New Orleans Saints originate?
1: Whew. I grew up a Saints fan. Um, I remember that my dad used to own uh, a corner store, and in that corner store, growing up, I would go there. I would always ask, you know, I w- my mom would always bring me there when I was younger, and I would always read the newspaper. I'd always read the newspaper. I'd always look at the Saints. I'd always look at the stats. What player was doing what? And then, you know, at that time, we weren't that good. So, <laughs> but. Um, you know, a lot of the people that used to come to the store, they used to say, Well, who's gonna, who's gonna, you know, have a good game this week? Who, who, do, you, who do you think? Who do you think? And I would always like go into it in depth and, and things like that. So I grew up a Saints fan. My dad used to take me to the games. And, you know, back then it wasn't how it was now, where back then you'd walk in, there's people with bags on their heads, you'd look to the left, you'd look to the right during the game, and some people are sleeping. Some people are just like super frustrated, and you know, going to those games back then, you knew, even though you were going to a Saints game and you wanted to experience it, you knew that eighty percent of the time you're, the Saints were going to lose the game. So, <laughs> so just you know, just appreciate, just going to those games and seeing how the franchise grew over time and seeing how. You know, I, my, I always, this always resonates with me in my brain. My grandpa used to always tell me this. If you can't appreciate something when it's bad, then you can't be on the bandwagon when it's good. And so for me, that always stuck in my head. And so, you know, we've been through the rough times. We've been through the, you know, the times where, you know, we'd win one, two games and then you talk to people around the city and then their thing was, oh, next year, next year, next year, next year, the next year. And then. That next year didn't come in, until <laughs> in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just it's just fun, man. It's just fun just being a Saints fan. It's, it's fun just being able to follow a franchise as a young boy and to grow up now. And, you know, I'm 32 years old. So just to see the, the franchise being able to go to the playoffs every single year, it's just it's just the. Uh, it's like a 360, you know? It's it's definitely a 360 for sure.
0: So yeah, we are exactly the same age, you know, growing up around the Saints since we were young. I mean, I have basically, I mean, I grew up, my dad took me to a few games here and there, you know, growing up and then we became season ticket holders in 2010. So, right, it all started with family for me. Um yep. we I shed tears after way too many Saints losses. As as a child and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it was my my 12th birthday the Saints played the 49ers on and they got shut out 38 to nothing and it was just the most brutal loss you know classic for that time period and I I, I just yep. came home and i we ne- we never leave a game early um it's it's just our thing no matter how bad they just never
1: do yes just, yes it just, exactly
0: and it it goes back to what you were saying about how yep. you you know, so many people have become Saints fans you know since Sean Payton and Drew Brees transformed the, the the franchise but the people who have who have stuck with this team even in those tough tough years really can bond over that and it's just such a beautiful beautiful bond that we have yep. so and I know you have a son now and yeah. I see I see the the videos of him he's trying to to recruit Russell Wilson here we'll <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later so are you uh tell me about the bond you have with him do you do you share Saints uh fandom with him as well
1: listen you know it's it's um you know I think one one thing and one thing that I'm proud of, of being a dad is kind of you know, just seeing my son and just seeing how he has that fandom that I had when I was a young boy, you know, he wakes up and, you know, he wants to put on his Michael Thomas jersey or his Camara jersey. And it's like, you know, every time we go out somewhere, he's like, he tries to, I don't know, it, it's just weird because kids really like scope the room and they, they really feel from a parent what would make their parent happy. So He'll Every time I'm off, I'm off on Thursday and Fridays, he'll, you know, we'll go out, I'll take him out, him and my wife, and he'll be like, uh, what jersey you want me to wear today, the Camara or the Mike Thomas, the Camara the Mike Thomas, and so, like, you know, and just even just conversations that, like, me and my family have, you know, about the Saints, he'll say, like, uh, for an example, a couple of days ago, he said, um, I-, I heard Drew Brees is going to retire, is that true? like you know like and he's only 4 years old so it just i don't know it just just having a kid like that and just him wanting to be in, into the football thing and the saints thing it just kind of it just kind of reminds me of myself when i was growing up so it's just awesome man it's it's just awesome to see it and, and it just i don't know it just brings joy to you to have your kid really um into into the football thing and into the saints so for me we do share a special bond me and my son and I will say this. I know a lot of, you know, dads will probably say this, but man, I don't think that there's another bond in this world like me and my son's bond. I mean, literally uh, before he, he, he cannot go to sleep without having to hug me and say, I love you. Like he can't go to sleep or he can't sleep. Like literally he sleeps in between my wife and, and me. And (laughs) <laughs> he he literally has to like put his hand on me while he's sleeping or his leg on me while he's sleeping. So listen, I, I love it, man. I love being a dad and I love sharing that bond with them for sure.
0: Oh, I love that. So right from sports to, to just everyday life. I mean, I'm, I've hoped to one day be a parent and be able to to share in in Parents, that with yeah. my with my husband. So that's awesome. And, and right, I I talk with my husband how how our our child's first word is going to be touchdown, and my, he he's not into he's not as much as into sports as I am, but uh, he's like oh, I don't know about that. So we we'll, we shall see. So anyway, uh, getting back to uh, you and your background and how you got into to uh podcasting your background is in sports radio I know uh so how did the sports overtime show begin and tell me about how you have grown this huge community of followers and rabid fans
1: um so it's not so basically uh, I graduated from Xavier University uh, here in Louisiana Mm -hmm. in New Orleans and um You know, at the time I was I went to school for um, broadcasting and communications. And so, you know, we were doing like this podcast for Xavier University, just talking about stuff going on campus and things like that. And so there was a guy who reached out to me. His name was Big T. And he had his own company It was called WTXG Talk Radio. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, listen, man, I know, you know, a lot of people, because at that time I was actually a promoter in, in New Orleans. Um, I was actually one of the top promoters in the city and on college parties. I was on parties everywhere. And so I knew a lot of people. And he was like, man, you know so much about the Saints. You're a Saints fanatic. Come on, come do a, sh- a show with me called Sports Overtime. And he came up with the idea of Sports Overtime. And I said, all right, cool. So me and him did the show literally for nine years. And we did it for nine years, and we just loved doing it. We were doing it um, at Fox and the Hound in, in Elmwood. We were doing it at Nacho Mamas right there in Elmwood as well. Okay. And so we just built it up. And at that time, I was a promoter, so I would have a lot of Saints players come to my parties. So, like, for an example, Cam, jo- Cam Jordan, I threw his first party in New Orleans. And wow. so... Yeah, so with that being said, me and Cam kind of built this relationship. Um, he actually left his wallet in the club that night. And so I, I got a hold of his wallet and I just was, you know, I was messing with him. I was like, hey man, which uh, which card is the signing bonus on? Because <laughs> because uh, I'm definitely going to use this, uh, this card. I got your wallet. And uh, he was like, man, please bring me my wallet, bro. I, please, man. So, you know, I brought it to him. And then ever since... Ever since then, you know, we've always had that relationship where if I needed him to come on the show or you know just you know help with anything, he will. So, so going back to that, I would have so many Saints players come to my parties. So what I would do was I would work out a deal with them, like, hey, I know you're here, I know you're gonna buy a section and buy bottles. I'm gonna give you the section for free. I'm gonna give you the bottles for free. Just whenever I need you to come on my show, just come on my show. And we and it was a it was an even deal, like. It was, you know, it was an even deal. So they would come and they would come to my shows at Fox and the Hound, Elmwood, and just kind of built it up from there. So we did it for nine years. And then three years ago, my, the guy, Big T, who started WTXG Radio, he actually passed away from a heart attack. So he died. And so what I did was I took a year off and I said, you know what, let me just get myself together because I took it very hard. Sure. and so I took the year off, and then I came back. And then so at the time, while me and Big T were doing the show at Fox and the Hound, uh, Brian B Enemy used to come on our show. And Brian B was a big, you know, is our friend, and he was you know a, a good friend of Big T. So I, I called Brian B up. I said, "Look, I think for me, I think the best way we can keep Big T's legacy alive is me and you do a sports show." And run sports overtime together. I think he would be happy if we do that. So Brian was like, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. So me and Brian did the show for about two years. And so, you know, we went from WBOK 1230 a.m. here in New Orleans to BAM Network. Those two situations were kind of different. You got to understand, it's kind of hard to get your foot in the door because when you bring, you know, a lot of people look at the situation and say, man, this dude got so many followers on Twitter. He got this, he got that. But a lot of radio stations aren't, if they're not used to that type of uh, person or type of fan base or following, they don't know how to handle it. So we went to WBOK and they didn't know how to handle it. To be honest with you, they didn't really know how to handle it. It was just kind of too much for them in the sense that, you know, I'm promoting all day, every day. So I don't think they were they were used to that. They liked the aspect of the promotion, but they didn't know how to like get behind it. Or so we brought so many people to their broadcast. I mean, I literally had Chad Ochosenko on on their radios, you know, talking to us and you know, hall of, like a guy who's going to hall, is a Hall of Famer.
0: So they were just like, whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were just like, and you know, me and Chad Johnson are really good friends. So like, you know, that's kind of like the connection that I have. So I brought him on. It blew up out of it. You know, it, it went and it, it just it, it just got so big, man. And, and so obviously when things get big, you want to get back to the table and say, hey, look, I'm bringing this person, this person, this person. You know, can you pay us a little bit more? And so at the time they were just starting up, um, starting back and they didn't have the money. So it was like, okay, cool. Not an issue. We'll take our talent somewhere else. So went to BAM network. They didn't really value us as, you know, we would expect them to. So that didn't work out. So then after the BAM network situation, um, Brian was like, Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm a truck driver. And I'm gonna be gone for about two to three weeks at a time. So listen, man, I'm not gonna be able to do the show anymore. So I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm never gonna stop a man from you know getting his money and, and providing for his family. So I hit up Chris glue mm-hmm. and me and Chris kind of put our heads together and said, hey, look, man, you got a you know, you got a good f- following, a fan base. I got a good following. Let's team up. Let's make Sports Overtime big. Let's let's blow it out the water. And so, man, we just recorded our tenth episode on yeah. the boot crew media yep we just signed, and then we signed with boot crew media and boot crew media kind of put their money where their mouth was in the sense that they wanted us they knew what we could do we know they knew the value that we could bring and so big shout out to boot crew media for stepping up but it's been it's been awesome man it's been awesome the last 10 shows we've had like thomas morstead michael burton we had justin hardy yes. this past this past week we had um James, one of
0: one. one. Yes, I definitely want to talk about that. And he dropped some great knowledge bombs about what he would bring if he wins the starting job. Uh, So, I mean, y'all are just doing some amazing things. And so what I really try to do with my guests is, of course, talk saints, but also find out what really drives them beyond sports. And Nader, what is so awesome about you is how you feed the homeless every week in New Orleans. Uh And you just mentioned on Sports Overtime that right now, 10 weeks into 2021, y'all have given out a thousand meals from Popeyes to the homeless. So first of all, what inspired you to start this mission and how life-changing has it been for you and for the people you serve?
1: Well, there was a guy, there's a guy on on Twitter. His name is Alan Keller. Mm -hmm. And with Allen he kind of was giving back to the community and I seen it and I always used to see him post on Twitter like man and so I was like you know what that's something that I want to do so when Quan Alexander signed with the Saints Mm
0: -hmm. you know when
1: when they traded for him I said you know what we would be a a good idea is um, however many tackles the Mario Davis and Quan Alexander get in a game that's how much money we would donate to feed a homeless person so we started it up the first week and after the second week it just blew it just it just went crazy and so we started this in november so if you think about it really we've given out well i'm actually in front of pop right now this interview guys but uh because we're waiting on them to finish food but today will symbolize the thousand meals for this year but if you take an account November and December of last year with this, with today's, um, you know, distribution, you're looking at about 1,800 meals that we've given out from Popeyes, which is awesome. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it just shows what you can do. If you, if you put your mind to something you have, I have a platform, I wanted to use the platform in the right way. And so it's not about, you know, coming out and saying, oh, we're going to feed the homeless for publicity or any stunts or anything like that. no. It's just genuine people, and I can't do it by myself. So it's me, it's one of my friends named Chris, one of my friends named Donnell. There's uh, two people on Twitter that are my friends as well, Brent and Becky. They come out every Thursday and come pass out food, and and it's not only Popeyes. So we give out a hundred meals from Popeyes every week, but also we go to Sam's, we buy a bunch of snacks, and we make hundred snack bags, and we and water. So when we go out there, we give them the Popeyes, we give them the snack bag and we give them a water. So it's just, you know, there's a lot of time and, and effort that goes into it, but it's just a gratifying feeling when you have these people on a Thursday underneath the bridge lined up, they know you're coming and they're like, you're pulling up and they're like, the Popeyes boys are coming, the Popeyes boys are coming. So just for me, it's just it's just a gratifying feeling just to give back to the community. And, you know, a lot of people always think that, oh, you got to have this amount of followers. or You got to have this or, man, I I want I want million followers or I want this and that. Listen, at the end of the day, when you die, the only thing that you're taking with you is your good and bad deeds. So for me, if I can do this on every Thursday and get some good deeds that are going to you know, add up for me to get into heaven, I'm, I'm good. That's, that's my ultimate goal with this.
0: That is beautiful. I mean, using so, your platform in the right way—that is what we are made to do. I mean, that is—I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better. So, just what are your what are your goals? I guess. I mean, obviously, to feed to feed as many people as possible, and to can, I, I see you post the, the the receipts, you know, every week on Twitter. Yeah. So, do, can can people help? Like, you know, your followers yeah. and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically our goal for this year is to give out 5,200 meals. So a hundred meals a week. Okay. And so far again, like I said, today will be the a thousand meal that we're giving out. So we're definitely on, on track for that. But yeah, my, my goal is to make this big. Like I, I want to make it big to where like, you know, maybe we have the saints on deck with us and maybe they help us out, get some players to come out there. Um, and, you know, just kind of just trying to help, man. Like if you come out here and you see what these guys are going through like literally I'll give you an example there was a lady last week who walked up to us while we were giving up giving out food and she walked about we were, we could see her from far she walked about five blocks and she was walking up to us to come get the food you know she 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 it was hard for her to walk those five blocks let me just put it that way so she walked up to us she was like I really want the Popeyes, but can you guys do me a big favor? And I was like, what? She was like, "Um, can you next time you guys because you guys come out here every week, every week. Right. I'm like, yeah. She's like, can you buy me a pair of shoes in a size six and a half? And she literally when you look down at her feet, she was walking those five blocks in socks.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. So with that being said, you know, my friend Chris, he went out, he bought her a pair of shoes. And so he's going to be giving that to her today. But, you know, it's just things like that. It's not only the food, but now it's about to get hot. So now, you know, what our goal is, we're going to try to just obviously keep going and blow it out to the water. But like for me, for me, my goal is for the summertime to kind of go out, maybe buy each person uh, like a white T-shirt, a black T-shirt that they could change in and out of and, you know, maybe give the guys some shorts, some boxers. Like um, today, we're going to be distributing like um like the women's like baby wipes, like the baby wipes, because you got to think it's about to get hot. So they're mm-hmm. going to be like sweaty and stuff like that. So you need that. So we take into account everything. And for me, like one thing that kind of motivated me to kind of do it the way we're doing it is I did two PlayStation 5 raffles um, a few months ago for Christmas. And so we made enough money with those raffles to basically buy 72 hoodies 72 blankets 72 thermals I mean we were giving out toothpaste toothbrush toothbrushes 100 meals 100 snack bags water like so uh, 72 beanies so it's like just trying to figure out just thinking outside the box trying to make it work and just trying to provide for these people, man.
0: I mean, this is awesome. Like, you know, the team that we root for is called the Saints. And you're out there doing, you know, saintly deeds in the community. I mean, it's it's incredible. We're and right. we're literally getting a behind-the-scenes look as you're about to go deliver to the yeah. homeless here on this Thursday that we're recording. So, in the in the time that we have left with you, Nader, I do wanna talk a little bit. Saints free agency so you you just had as we mentioned Jameis one of one on your March 2nd podcast uh, on sports overtime Um, so he thinks that Jameis Winston and Sean Payton could be really special together if he's able to win the starting job but uh, we have this uh, Russell Wilson factor in there now Uh, he and his agent are actually have actually named the Saints as one of a few teams that he'd be open to playing for next year. So, I mean, he'd basically be a younger, more athletic version of Drew Brees almost. I can understand why Saints fans are salivating over this possibility. I would bow in amazement to Mickey Loomis if they can pull it off. Do you think A, would it happen? And I know that you would be super excited about it. I would be. Oh. You don't have to. You don't have
1: to say. I'll be excited, man. I've been, <laughs> I, I've been trying to recruit him every day.
0: <laughs> I saw your son with yeah. the video. I mean, right? I think. I, I mean, our mayor's out there trying to recruit him. I feel kind of bad. Drew Brees hasn't even officially retired yet. It's like he doesn't even exist. But it's not that. It's not. It's not that. That it's
1: not that Drew Brees doesn't exist. It's just that you know that Drew Brees is going to retire. Of course. So you have yeah. to turn the chapter of that book. Now listen. It's nothing against Drew Brees. He did a lot for the team. He did a lot for the Saints. He, he, I mean, he won us, you know, he had a lot of input in us winning a Super Bowl. He's done a lot for the community. Nothing is being taken away from Drew Brees. But you also have to understand that father time comes for everybody. And so it has hit him. And so he is going to retire. So now from the Saints perspective, you have to turn that chapter and say, all right, which route are we going to go? Are we going to go Winston? Are we going to go try to get a guy? guy like Russell Wilson now for me you know we did have Jameis 101 on the show he did make a lot of great points on why Jameis Winston should be the next quarterback for the Saints and what he would do with Sean Payton you know being that when Winston was in Tampa Bruce Arians didn't really let him you know open up the playbook with him yeah he threw for 5,100 yards but at the same time they didn't have a running game their offensive line wasn't as good their defense wasn't as good so now when you bring a guy like Jameis into this system where you do have you know weapons around him you do have an offensive line you have a way better coach he can thrive he can thrive in this system he definitely can thrive in this system his arm talent is is exceptional and for Sean Payton he came out you know, during Super Bowl week saying that Winston was a terror to our defense in practice. So that right there just shows you what he is capable of against our defense. Now, with with looking at it, you know, compare and contrast, if you get a guy like a Russell Wilson on the Saints, I mean, it's just going to be nuts. Like it's it will just be crazy. it will just be crazy in the sense that you got a guy like Russell Wilson, if something happens in a pocket and if the pocket breaks down, he's able to take off and get you 10 yards and get the first down or, you know, he has an arm too. So it's just, it kind of boils down to this. Do you want to trade? um, Do you want to give up draft picks and Mm -hmm. players for a guy like Russell Wilson? Or do you want to not give up the draft picks and players and just stick with Jameis and see how it goes? For me, I'm not a gambling type of guy, right? But I will say this. If it was the one time that I would gamble, it would be this time. Because I just feel as though if the Saints can somehow get Russell Wilson and not have to trade Mike Thomas, I think that when you have Russell Wilson, Mike Thomas, and Kamara with our O-line, that's just going to be scary. I I see the Saints... Moving, you know, in the NF in the NFC from like that two to three team to that number one team in the NFC moving forward, if they can get Russell Wilson.
0: Hey, yeah. I mean, football is definitely the ultimate. I mean, it's a team sport, no doubt about it. You know, so right. We're going to need to see this is going to be an ongoing storyline, free agency starting on march 17th so the saints want someone to pilot the plane we we've we've heard that analogy from sean payton over and over again so I, i i do want to hit on also the tight end position we saw uh on wednesday the saints terminated the contracts of both jared cook and josh hill um so a couple things um Were you surprised about either of those moves? And this shows an an, an obvious, rather, commitment to Adam Troutman's development. I mean, he was great as a blocking tight end. I mean, he he might have a little catching up to do as a receiver, but this definitely shows that they are committed to Adam Troutman, and that is exciting to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think to answer the first part of that question, the mm-hmm. the big surprise for me was the Josh Hill because obviously Sean Payton has been on record saying that Josh Hill is, you know, he's the tight end that he really, really liked and mm-hmm. he does so much and, you know, he can go in and block and do different things. So the Josh Hill thing kind of, you know, surprised me. The Jared Cook definitely didn't surprise me. Now, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, he dropped that ball in the in the Bucks game where we could have went up 14 points. Listen, I get it. He, I don't know for me. I just feel like he started in the beginning of last year. He started not to, you, you could see it, he wasn't as motivated as he was towards the end of the season of previous year where he was scoring all of these touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So for me, the Jared Cook thing didn't surprise me. Now, as far as Trotman is concerned, I actually had Trotman on sports overtime last year when he got drafted. And when I tell you, the guy is just he's so humble, he's so humble. He um, he basically he knows what he's capable of doing and he knows now that he's in a system where he has a year underneath his belt. He's going to be that that tight end. Now, I will say this. The Saints are probably going to bring in another tight end in free agency, you know, guys that kind of bring to mind, you know, if Jimmy Graham is a cap casualty, that might be, a, a you know, a way to go. If if, um, you know, there's Delaney Walker out there who's a free agent.
0: Right. I saw you know, that. They,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, they might go that route. So you, I think that they're going to keep Trotman, but they're also going to bring a veteran tight end to, you know, come in. I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, well, how are they going to do that? We're 65, 68 million under above the cap. Listen, the cap thing. You know, I had my friends texting me in a group chat today. And they're like, you guys are, you know, you guys are screwed. You're you're above the cap 69 million. I'm like, listen, you guys got to understand. Number one, we got Mickey Loomis. Number two, this isn't something new. The Saints do this on an every year basis where they get underneath the cap. And it won't surprise me if they get underneath the cap and still be able to sign a few players to fill some holes. So for me, I just feel as though they will bring another tight end with Trotman, but I do trust Trotman. He knows how to run routes very well. He knows how to block. So let's say for an example, if they do bring a guy like Jimmy Graham, one thing that Jimmy Graham is not known for doing is blocking.
0: Yeah. Well, that's have- right. That was a big knock on him. I felt yep. like when he when he signed his big deal. Yeah, yeah, when when he got when he got more money with the Saints, he kind of slacked off there. I felt like.
1: So let's say, for an example, you bring a guy like Jimmy Graham. Well, now you already have your blocking tight end in Trotman. Now you got your pass catching tight end in a Jimmy Graham or maybe a Delaney Walker, whoever it may be. So Listen, I, I like Troutman a lot. I tweeted it yesterday. It's Troutman season. So I'm definitely excited to see what he's uh, capable of doing in this offense.
0: Well, great. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, link up to that interview that y'all did with Troutman in, uh, in this week's show notes. And so, right, a lot of moving parts. It is a science getting under this cap. But Mickey Loomis, we have complete faith that it's going to happen. The Saints are going to be contenders, you know, if, hey, I mean, it's, it's going to be a race between them and the Bucks. I feel like, no doubt about it. But um, one more thing I did want to ask you about. We saw yeah. that um, a core special teamer, uh, J.T. Gray, got a two-year extension. Um, and so that had me thinking, and a couple of other people as well, about Justin Hardy, uh, who you had on Sports Overtime. Um, J.T. Gray was a second-team All-Pro uh, in 2019 uh, for his special teams play. And I feel like special teams ne- – often doesn't get talked about enough, but the saints yep. are so committed to it. Um, uh, so Justin Hardy, he's a, he's a free agent this year. Uh, but he has a great story. Uh, and he told y'all all about it on sports overtime. He's an entrepreneur with his yep. Papa John's franchise. So, so tell us about the insight you gained in his interview.
1: Yeah, he's just, he's just a humble guy as well. Um, in a sense that, you know, he was an undrafted free agent he signed with the Saints the Saints believed in him they're the team that gave him his chance his real chance and for him he wants to be in New Orleans obviously you know he has a business here in New Orleans with the Papa John's and you know his his wife is from New Orleans his son was born in New Orleans so I asked him on the show I'm like you know does that factor in making your decision that you have all of these things and ties to New Orleans and he said you know it does, but also too that he wants to get paid, and I don't blame him for saying that because he is our best special teams player. I mean, let's just po- let's point blank period. He's our best special teams player. The guy plays with so much energy and, and and aggression and passion, and so you want guys like that on your team, and not only on special teams, but he has been coming along. You know, I know a lot of people haven't been seeing it, but he's been coming been along good as far as cornerback is concerned as well like he's been playing very well in practice and getting himself underneath you know getting himself um allocated to the cornerback position but for me i think they'll i think they're gonna pay him i think they're gonna pay him he deserves to get paid and you got to think like you said special teams doesn't get a lot of love yeah and so for me you that guy is your captain and he's your ace on special teams you got to pay him You got to pay him. You can't let him go. I know you have to, you know, restructure some contracts, free up some space. But that's one of the guys that you definitely want back on the team. And I think that his contract will probably be, you know, next here in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, right. As of Thursday morning when we're recording, news keeps coming little by little about yep. how the Saints are getting under the cap. I'm telling you, it's a science. So, right. We're <laughs> going to see how how players like, you know, Marcus Williams, do they test the free agent market? So many questions. So, yep. Nader, uh, remind Saints fans where they can connect more with you.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So you guys can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. My Twitter handle is at Nader N A D E R 723. And uh same thing on Instagram, Nader723. And then if you guys want to listen to any of the latest episodes of Sports Overtime, you can go to bootcrewmedia.com. So B-O-O-T crew with the K. So K-R-E-W E Media.com. And just look at look up Sports Overtime. You'll see it on there on the website. And all of our shows are listed underneath our logo. So definitely listen to the shows. And uh, again, man, there's there's interviews with Thomas on there. He he said on the show that he's not retiring, so he broke the news of that. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mike Burton is talking about how he wants to come back and be the fullback for the Saints. Justin Hardy, um, the Jameis one of one, Mike Deterrier. So like definitely, man, check it out and and listen to it because th- those shows are. They are really hot <laughs> And yeah, <I'm> not my- <laughs> saying that just because they're mine. I'm just
0: no, 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 no. Mike Dettelier is a great friend of mine. So that's awesome that he was dropping some great knowledge bombs on, on y'all's show. So Nader Murphy, th- this has been awesome. We hope to do it again real soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to black and gold rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, woo